I am Zarina Dimitrova, a strategic partner and mentor to businesses in the process of transformation. Join me on Grow and Learn as we explore a range of topics from personal development and career advancement to relationship building and financial management. With practical advice, inspiring stories and expert interviews, we'll give you the tools you need to thrive in every aspect of your life. Join us as we share insights and strategies that can help you achieve your personal and professional growth objectives. Today, we're going to be speaking about uh, entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurialism, entrepreneurship imperialism <laughs> becoming a huge investment group. My guests today are Leanne and Graham Carling. They're originally from Scotland. They run huge companies right now based in Dubai with an investment company. They can tell you more about their line of business and their fascinating story, literally rags to riches. So I'm curious to hear all about their experiences and what they're working on right now. I'm welcoming Leanne and Graham. Thank Hello. you for having us. Thank you, Jelena. Thank you very much for having us. Before we begin with your successes, uh, walk us a bit through your story. What happened? What led you to this path? Uh -huh. uh, well, I think if I go right back to the start, um, I, um, I'd, I'd always kind of um, never knew what I wanted to do when I left school. Um, most of my friends, just the city I lived in, you just left school, then you went and got an apprenticeship and and um, started in a job. You know, you just, whether you were a joiner, a plumber, an electrician, that was kind of the natural thing. And that was the what uh, my family had done before me. Um, <clears throat> so... I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, I knew I didn't want to do that, even though when I did leave this school, I, I did go and I became a, an apprentice joiner and hated every minute of it. I couldn't work out, you know, for, for the life of me, who would want to do that for the for the rest of their lives. You know, it was always, oh, well, if you have, if you have an apprenticeship and you have a trade, you know, you'll never be short of work and you'll have a job. Well, life, you know, but for me that was awful. It was what a job that you hate for your whole life, not making a lot of money. It just didn't make any sense to me. So I think from an early age, I knew, you know, I wanted more than that. You know, I wanted to go to the moon. You know, I wanted, um, and and the way to do that was not working for somebody, but but you know, what what but be my own boss and. Um, so I think I've always had it in me, although it took me a long time um, to, you know, I, I, I worked in mainstream employment for years and years, but always wanting to start my own business. And um, yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of uh, the pathway, but I didn't know how to do it. And it was, um, um, and I tell this story, you know, quite regular. Uh, in, uh, in 2002, after my third failed business, I'd quit my job, I'd started uh, small businesses. I caught the tail end of an Oprah Winfrey show, and it was it, she was interviewing a guy called Robert Kiyosaki, and he was promoting his book um, Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I, you know, I was I had no money. I was skint. I'd lost everything. Like low play, low ebb, really. And when I read that book, I'd started working uh, back in mainstream employment again, and that book really was a. It was a light bulb moment for me because it really taught me I didn't know anything. You know, no wonder my businesses failed. I had no clue about finances, investing, leverage, debt, taxes, assets, liabilities, really. Um, 
good debt, bad debt, other people's money. I, I didn't have a clue about any of that stuff because that's not what I, I had any experience in my life or even being in an environment with people that I would have any clue with that. So that was in 2002. And um, I, I just embarked on a period, of, a, a real sort, and we still do it to this day, of and educating myself, financial educating, you know, working with great advisors. And, and Leanne and I quit our jobs on the same day in 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> just to take you back when I started, so um, I left school at 16, um, was very independent, very hungry, um, bought my first property at 17 and always worked my way up the corporate ladder. Always felt there was something missing. Um, I'd all, I moved from job to job, you know, getting promotion all the time. And my family, my father would say to me, Leanne, you've had so many jobs, you'll become unemployable. You know, what's wrong with you? Why can you not stay at the one job? And I, I was just really, really hungry to learn and, and grow. Um, but there was always something missing. But when I met Graham in 2005, 2005, he introduced me to the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book and, um, and, and the ways of, of you know, financial education, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where my journey started. Mm-hmm. Well, when you uh, read this book, was it the only thing, well, was it the single source that propelled you forward or did you go to additional courses? Did you... Oh, yeah. No, we go on. We have we've gone on. Uh, uh, I read everything uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. After that, I was I was obsessed. You know, I was I had this huge appetite to keep learning. We we ha- have been to seminars and uh, education all over the world. We we continue to do that to this day. We love it. You know, we we watch. Um, uh, you know, videos and YouTube and and and, and all these things. Um, we we are at an advanced level now, so we keep on seeking out new and bigger uh, mentors, if you like. You know, we have ones that are that are significantly greater than where we are, and that's what we've always done. We've always went to seek out the best advisors and mentors um, to, to that, that will that will help us get to. Uh, you know, not even the next level, but, you know, mm-hmm. as far as we can. Yeah. So what was the first step that you took? Well, what is the, is there a plan? I've, I don't remember if I've read the book. By, I, I regularly watch him on YouTube, but yeah. I don't think I've read the book. So what, what are the steps? What's the first thing? You know, people say, oh, tell me about your first million. I don't care. You know, after the first million, it's kind of easier yeah. to scale. But what did you do yeah. first? Well, look, I mean, first of all, listen, and, if, and, and you should read the book, by the way. Please mm-hmm. read the book because it's not about steps. It's about mindset. Mm-hmm. So this was the difference. You can't understand the step. Or intellectually, you, can, you know, most people can understand a lot of things or they can refer to it. But it's emotionally and, and, uh, and uh, psychologically how is your mindset programmed and, and and thinking rather than rather than the actual steps? And that was the fundamental difference to me because I had a lot of people prior to that tell me what to do. You know, there was, there, you know, if you do, you know, if you do one, two, three, four, five, you'll be fine. I said, why is it not working? I'm doing one, two, three, four. It, because it wasn't that. My context, my mindset was not big enough to, to, to really understand and implement steps one to five. So uh, the uh, Rich Dad model was very much about context and mindset. Mm-hmm. 
rather than content or, you know, a how-to guide. And that was the biggest thing for me. And, um, you know, straight away, the rich don't work for money. Um, your home is not an asset. You know, but it was completely different to what I'd been told previously. So, so it's, it's completely yeah. different to what we're taught in schools. It's completely different to what your parents, unless they're entrepreneurs, teach you. So when Graham mentioned um, like YouTube and mentors, we have that on all the time. Mm. So that keeps us in a good mindset that we're not getting battered by all the noise and all the rubbish that's out there in the media. Mm. Yeah. Leanne, tell me, uh, tell me about your story. Uh, Graham gave you a book when you met. Uh, what was the book and what did you, how did it open your eyes? Okay, so the first book that Graham, I knew Graham had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but the first book that Graham bought me was Rich Woman by Kim Kiyosaki. And again, I loved that. And then started reading all the Rich Dad books. I mean, there's hundreds of them, mm. loads of them out there. Great. And then we started playing the cash flow game, which is by Robert and Kim Kiyosaki. And it's it's like Monopoly, but 10 times better. And you play it and it's, it's a bit more real life than Monopoly. Mm -hmm. um, and you see your character, you see who you are as a, pe a person, as an investor. You know, what you do in the board game is what you do in real life. So if you're a saver, you can see that in the game. If you're an investor, it comes out in the game. Um, so we done that and we started, and Graham said we quit our job in 2007. And um, we started going to many seminars, just educating ourselves on mindset, the market, what do we want to do? And then we put together a, a, a plan, a vision, a goal of where we wanted to be in five years' time. And we actually, um, well, we made that goal within one year. So oh, basically we made a goal no. that we wanted to be financially free in five years and we achieved it in one year. Wow. And what is the first business that you went into? Was it real? So, real estate, yeah. So what we done was, we quit our job from 2007, just at the start of the financial crash. And because what we seen, and, and it was to buy real estate that for the first time in years um, was on discount and it was what the numbers made sense. So remember, I was back working from 2002 in mainstream employment. So it took me five years. But I was just educating, you know, just get myself really back, you know, rebuilding my confidence, getting some money back because I was, you know, we didn't have any. And not that we had any uh, much money when we quit our jobs, but what we seen was the market had changed. And if we if we thoroughly believed in what we were learning and what, what we were kind of, um, you know, uh, studying. yeah, studying and, what we were in, then it was a good time to get into the property market. We were kind of sitting on the sidelines during the, you know, 2005, and a lot of people made money at that. We didn't do that because we were absolutely focused on cash flowing properties as opposed to capital gains, flipping properties and all that. We didn't we didn't do that. We needed to buy properties that were going to generate uh, income and we needed enough of them to, uh, you know, if you play the cash flow board game, to become financially free, your investment income has to be greater than your expenses. And that was quite simply at the start. We needed an amount of money uh, and we had to get it quickly because we didn't have any money. To, we, we had enough money when we quit our jobs to, to live on for six months. Mm -hmm. So 
what had happened was the start of financial uh, uh, crisis. We knew the property market because we'd been studying it, and um, it was a good time. It was a good time to get in. So that uh, that's what we done. We bought we bought one single family home. We were able to refinance that immediately. That gave us some cash out. It was a it had a tenant in it uh, immediately, so we had some cash flow. And there was equity in the property because we got it at, at such a great price from a motivated motivated seller, and we just repeated and repeated and repeated that as many times as we could. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, back, sorry, what Graham was saying there, we <clears throat> I'm a big the market was right in 2008 because we are big believers that when you when you buy well, it's better than selling. So when you when you get the right deal at the start, you know it makes life easy for the cash flow. Mm -hmm. um, and your returns. Uh, based on what you're observing on the market and your experience, do you think we're approaching a similar situation as 2008? What's your observation on the economy and specifically on the real estate market or maybe other sectors that might be undergoing a similar or, or might be giving a similar opportunity? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. Um, I'm not seeing that will be anything like 2008. I mean, a lot of people are predicting you know, Armageddon and, uh, you know, Black Swan events and all that stuff. But, you know, we're sitting here, and, and whilst the bubble cannot continue to keep going up, and we're sitting here in our penthouse in Dubai, and the prices since we moved here a few years ago have went, you know, mental. Absolutely. You're going, wow, wow. And there's been various factors to that. You know, we've got, uh, you know, so, so the real estate market here is very surreal, and, um, and in both rental and the, the just buying a property here in, in Dubai, but they don't seem to be coming down. Now, you know, Dubai's been like that, you know, over the years. It could pop here. Um, there's a there's a, there's a chat, but but we thought that three years ago, and and it's still it's still going up. It's still going up. I don't know. I don't know why it's continuing, but but it is. Uh, crazy. So, because in Europe, some countries have experienced. Um, uh, decrease in the property markets. For example, in Austria, in 2023, the market was 17% down, which is the largest decrease in the whole of the EU. Right. Okay, why was that then? What's the reason for that? Do you know what the reason is for that? I uh, can't remember at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure. No, uh, no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was the tightening uh, lending. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that has to happen because after COVID, or during COVID, the amount of money that was pumped into the system, you know, and quantitative easing, and uh, it, you know, there, there was it did create that bubble. And what you're seeing is a retraction in the money supply, and that's what that, that's what makes the markets go up and down. I think we've kind of seen uh, it, it was the same in the UK last year. There was a slight uh, dip in certain uh, in certain areas, but you've still always got the hot spots, you know, London and. And all of that, and all of that, have been steady. You know, um, not nearly the same growth as they were having. So it's a mixed bag. But in terms of a financial crash uh, of two thousand, I'm not, I'm not seeing that yet. No. Mm -hmm. Where, where are you seeing the opportunities uh, in the coming years, Leanne? I know you're, you're very much engaged in M and A investment. Yeah, well, we AI space. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen huge, you know, opportunities there. Um, we were involved in some sport. Um, it's going to be dentistry, um, aesthetics. 
we work hard, we play hard, and we enjoy our family life. We've never, you know, there's things I've missed, you know, with with work because of the family and vice versa. But you know, the way I make it work is I make it work for me. So if I, you know, I want to go to kids' sports days or, or concerts, then I work late at night and get things done that I need to get done. So, but I enjoy it. You know, I don't complain about it because I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And as and you know, I think some of the, what I'm really happy with our, our, our son is turned sixteen. He's he's been involved with it. We've taken him all over the world. He's um, he was coming to Scottsdale, Arizona, to the Rich Dad seminars with us since he, was, since he was you know but, but coming along to him since he was three and four. You know, so he's been involved and seen what we've done uh, over the years. And currently, we're in Dubai. He's down in Spain. He's bought his first business down there. Uh, he's and he's he's renovating the um the, the the place just now. So he's he's firmly in the game um of of being in business. It'll be interesting to see you know. And we tell him you know fail fast because you're going to fail. Get that get that get them out the road as, as early as you can. And um, I didn't fail fast enough. You know I was worried and you know we we, we had to. We, you're going to fail. So we want to see your scars, you know, get the scars early. You get the lessons, you see how you're going to react um, um, to failure and embarrassment and losing money and all that. Just, you get out the road quickly. And yeah. And just, just to go back to like, we've always got like mentors on the television, you know, on podcasts, etc. So when Mitchell was 14, he asked for his Christmas to go to a Dan Pena seminar for yeah. a week. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and that's what I'm saying. His mindset's completely different. You know, he didn't. Okay, he wanted toys and like, like all the other Absolutely. teenagers. His, but that was his. That was what he wanted most, and he absolutely loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> what are some um, very specific and important mindset aspects that that you've gained? Ever since you started playing this game, that you can share with us. Okay. You go. Okay. Well, <clears throat> for me, um, I, I, we say cut quick. You know, so with um, staff or problems, you know, identify what's going on and cut quick. Um, sometimes you can be too loyal to the person, you know, an employee, but they're not. They're, they're maybe not performing or they're not fitting in the team, and because of your loyalty to the person, it's costing your business. So I think that was a, a big lesson for me, maybe last year or the year before, was not cutting quick enough and being too loyal to the person and not the business. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, uh, emotionally, the whole mindset thing, mm-hmm. it's so you, I mean, it's a true saying, you know, you are your environment, a product of your environment. And um, everybody's trying to give you advice. It's it's having the discipline that, uh, where you can you can block out most of the noise because ninety eight percent of the stuff you hear on a daily basis, ninety nine percent even, is just rubbish. It's a distraction. It is not right. It's somebody's opinion. Not everybody should have opinions. In my my view, you know, if they don't know something about something, they don't know anything about it. So why would you listen to that? Why would you go down the pub and everybody's trying to give you advice on something they've never done before and all that? So I think the environment side of it, you need to be really Discipline. You need to get off 
a lot of the stuff, the distractions, the self, the self distractions. We, we're, we're always looking to blame somebody else. Normally, it's yourself. If you're sitting on Facebook all day, just scrolling through people's rubbish, how is that getting you to where you want to be? You're going to need to stop that. You know, first of all, so you, a lot of people do it themselves. Then they're getting influenced by what other people are doing that have, have not done where you know how is it, what they're looking to do. So it's that it's the discipline and order um, to do that and the continued practicing of it because it never goes away. We are you know it's it's still to this day. You know that's one of the most the difficult thing every day. We we always say ask is the person that's giving you advice qualified to give you that advice? So are they doing? what you want to do or where you want to be. You know, you're, you're not going to take medical advice from your hairdresser, you know, you would take that from your doctor. So are the, are the, the mentors or your partners qualified to give you the advice? But I, I think it goes beyond that, though, because there's so much noise out there all over the place and conflicting messages. And, and really, it is, it's, it's rubbish. It's a distraction. You know, if you're, if you're laser beam focused, on what it is that you want to do, you just the noise just d disappears to a certain extent. It's there, you know. You switch off for a second. You're you're listening to something on the TV, or something pops up on an email, or uh, on a website, or something, or on social media. You're away again. So it's having that and reminding yourself, like what Leanne said there, uh, of who are these people? What am I listening to here? But subconsciously, there's just so much noise going on it's to keep that mindset of laser beam focused on what it is and keep your eye on the prize you know where you're aiming for and is that getting you to where you want to go mm -hmm. now talking about uh, mindset and uh, uh, a lot of people related to spirituality although I, I think they're two separate things but what is your opinion on people leaning too much on spirituality on the whole movement of also business people going in this direction and what is spirituality for you at all well, I think yeah, for, for for me, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you where, where I am. Absolutely, as you get older, you know, you you things change. Certainly, from a, a spirituality point of view, and I just turned fifty just last month, so I'm getting older, and I, and I'm more open to these types of things. I'll tell you where I've been though in the past. Zen doesn't pay the bills, okay? So my focus was has been on building our business first. Now, to the detriment, maybe, but I've seen a lot of people that have went down the, the, the purely spiritual path and have nothing. They have nothing. They have no money. They're, they're still there, but the spiritual, you know, and they're, they're wondering why they still, things are not, you know, they're not feeling good still, you know, and they're, they're absolutely in the Zen and in the moment and deeply spiritual, but still unhappy because, you know, they have no money, you know, it's just the path and they're living at, um, you know, might be living in Thailand and, you know, somewhere, but but really, really zen in and really, uh, but can't do anything with their life because they're, they have nothing, they've got no money. So I think there's a real balance in my view, and it's my personal opinion, I'd rather make some money. Once I've made enough money, I'll make money first. Then go and, you know, and it's almost back to front. I get it because it, it technically should help it. 
Well, well, it's not he, Siddhartha he, did. Siddhartha Buddha. First he became rich and then he decided, yeah. okay, now I'm going to explore spirituality. <laughs> I'd say, and, and, and I would agree with that totally. That, um, that's where I am. Mm. I was contemplating today that spirituality, actually, uh, people take it uh, way too out of the physical. While it's actually one thing, uh, <laughs> spirituality actually means living a happy, good life, however you understand it. But, uh, you know, if you deprive yourself of certain things because you believe that you need to renounce your your body this is also not spiritual because you're you're renouncing your being your physical mm -hmm. being right yeah yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, what do you think leanne <laughs> but i mean i i think it's spirit well i think more of spirits and and i think i believe that there's people around you and you know so i like all that and yeah i do attract a lot of um, kind of spiritualists and different things and you know um, I love presence ex exercises but for me probably what you said there is you know living the way you want to live and you know for me I've got to go up and exercise and, and feel good about myself mm -hmm. and do the things that I enjoy but I'm not I'm not really really into it but mm -hmm. I, I do love the this you know that the, 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 there are spirits around you and and all that, but that's a completely different story. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so what are you? <clears throat> who are you looking to connect with? Let's talk about practicalities. <laughs> yeah, what we're looking to connect with, you know, we're, we're looking to do business throughout the world. So we're looking for uh, uh, medium-sized business owners, well one uh, well-managed businesses uh, that are looking to take it and scale it up and grow to the next level. Um, our main fields that we're operating are in healthcare, real estate, uh, facilities management, and renewable uh, re renewable energies. Uh, we do sport, so we're looking at sports a new venture um, for us, and we're in the tech space now around AI and data. So <laughs> five sort of key areas for us. Um, there are some great businesses out there where the owner has maybe you know just 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 plateaued, maybe can't get take it to the next level. We bring that uh, we we bring that experience um, to the table through our team, through funding, uh, through uh, and basically having a clear, clearly set out plan for growth. So we're looking for business owners that are um, you know want to expand their team and be be a part of a bigger group. And simultaneously, you're looking for partner investors. I understood. Yeah, I mean, we're always, you know, as we're growing our businesses, we get approached uh, regularly from uh, where people looking to invest. We're always, you know, dependent on, normally the deals we do are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, yeah, we like partnering with people. We put our own uh, money in um, from our family office, but we look to partner with uh, other others that would like to get involved in the sectors. We operate it, but more, more, more investors that are, Hands off, rather than hands on. You know, we we run the businesses. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Anything that you'd like to share that I've missed asking you, and you think it's worth sharing right now? Yeah. No. 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 I think that's right. It's good. Fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, how can people reach you? It's uh, carlinggroup.com. Yeah. The dot uk. The carlinggroup.co.uk, um, or they can contact us on LinkedIn. Graham dot carling. Thank you very much for this inspiring motivational talk. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks to you. Bye.
time. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.